Hello and welcome to the Gambler Betting Podcast. I'm Selectabet and I'm joined by Greg for another look ahead to this week's betting in Scotland. How's it going, Greg? Yeah, doing good, thank you. Doing well. Good, and we're delighted to be joined again, I think this might be the third time this season, by Stuart Wilson, sports editor at the Ayrshire Post and, of course, an avid Air United fan. How's things, Stuart? Yeah, all good, guys. Pleasure to be back on. Great to have you on. Um, Greg has already asked you before we started recording there if you're heading for Fir Hill this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Um, very tough game for United on Saturday, but it's um, you know coming down to crunch time now. Um, should be an absolutely fantastic game in store and all to play for for both teams. Yeah, they're still hanging in there. Um, oh, would you view not making the playoffs as a failure now at this stage of the season? I think you would have to, given you know we're top of the league just before Christmas. Um, the fan base is sort of losing its head at the moment <laughs> with each each passing week, um, which is a sign of the progress at, at Somerset when you consider where where they were this time last year fighting relegation. So that, that has to be tempered a little bit um, with the progress that's been made. But um, yeah, I think when you look at where we were uh, just before Christmas, as I say, if we fail to make the top four now, um, I'm sure Lee Bullen and, and the players would would view that as a as a failure. Um, but as I say, that that has to be tempered with the progress in the last 12 months. And we're heading for a final day showdown at Inverness on Friday the 5th of May, potentially. Yeah, oh joy. Um, <laughs> Inverness are probably one of the form teams in the in the championship at the moment, so that's not a game that you would want to have to go. Uh, up the A9 and, and potentially have to win. So, yeah, we'd rather rather do it before then. Indeed. Um, yeah, plenty to look forward to, including that game at Firhill at the weekend. Both of you guys have got some tips that we'll discuss then. Um, Greg, we've got a full card to look forward to this weekend. Uh, last weekend, it was all about the, the game at Celtic Park, I guess, for most of Scottish football. And the, the fallout is still happening five, six days on. Was it? <laughs> yeah, well, Celtic take another massive step towards the title that was really won months ago, wasn't it? Yeah. It was last chance to win for Rangers on on Saturday. Uh, again, I don't think Celtic were at their best, but say the champions in your winning matches not playing that great. So obviously Rangers now have actually lost count of how many points behind thirteen, I think it is. Twelve with a significant goal difference. So yeah, obviously playing for pride now still got a, a league cup semi-final between those two sides and a, a post six top six um fixture too but it was a decent game obviously we're two corners short for rangers which is really disappointing <laughs> I, I was cursing kevin clancy in the first half he was booking everyone <laughs> in that last five ten minutes in the first half in the end there was only six bookings i see only six but in terms of this match we speak about a lot we don't tend to get seven, eights, and nines in this match anymore. But we were a corner short on the bet boulder and two corners short on the the um, Rangers type five. But other than that, it was a pretty good weekend all round, to be fair. Uh, Dundee hit the top of the league, which I'm delighted to see. I think I've gone three times now in on Dundee this season. At the start of the season, at the start of January, and I got involved in them again at 13 to 8 about a month, about two or three weeks ago. So it's pretty much theirs to lose now. Three points ahead of Queen's Park. Two points ahead of Queen's Park. Three points ahead. Three points ahead. Uh, three points ahead with a better goal difference. So essentially four <clears throat> points. They're still two to five to win the league, Dundee. 
I don't like using the phrase buying money, but a team that's four points clear with four games to go, Queen's Park have just completely collapsed in recent weeks. I think since highlighting that value in 13 to 8 in Dundee, Queen's Park have actually lost all three games. Mm-hmm. And secondly, Aberdeen tipped at 4 to 1 to finish third, and they're now sitting third, two points clear, and that is now 11 to 10. So some new end of season value on the the amp post, and I think we backed Motherwell to win last weekend at six to five. Motherwell to score two at seven to five. That man Kevin Van Veen doesn't yeah. know how to stop scoring goals <laughs> for Motherwell. Um, four to one first goal scorer. We had Aberdeen double chance and five corners that came in the evens, and I think we also highlighted goals at Alloa, Airdrie to win, and obviously of course you have to be laying anyone playing Bonnie Rig Rose. It's always a drab, drab match. 1-0, 0-0. And by all means, Steny finished 0-0 with Bonnie Rigg um, last Saturday. Yeah, and we'll have a look down the divisions uh, over the course of the podcast as well. A few issues still to be resolved, but they look as if they're heading in one direction. Certainly League 1, League 2. Um, OK, let's get stuck into the Scottish Premiership. I'm going to go on a limb, Stuart, and say the title race is over. Yeah, I think it's over. <laughs> Four last weekend, wasn't it? But um, yes, Celtic winning that uh, winning that game last weekend's definitely secured it for them. Um, I, I, the gap's definitely closed. I don't think there's any doubt about that since Michael Beale came in. But um, yeah, he's he's come in a little bit, but too too little, too late to, to do anything about it this season. Yeah, but under that, there's absolutely everything to play for, Greg. There's third place to play for. There's a fourth European place that's up for grabs. There's still top six finishes is unresolved. There's potentially, what, three, four teams, you may debate that, uh, could get involved in a relegation playoff and obviously outright relegation as well. So an exciting climax to, to the season in the Premiership, despite the fact that the top of the table looks as if it's done and dusted. Yeah, it really does. It's going to be a fascinating final seven matches. Obviously, you've got the post six matches still to come after the match day 32 and 33. Motherwell, probably the only side in no man's land. Mm-hmm. The Rangers, uh, they're not going to finish top six and they're not going to be sucked in to a relegation fight. So, obviously, we'll touch upon Motherwell shortly, but Stuart Kettlewell's done a fantastic job uh, at Motherwell to see them now in 36 points, 11 points clear of bottom place United. Quite remarkable, really, in such a short space of time. Uh, Hibs under a lot of pressure as well. Shock horror after another defeat <laughs> um, last weekend. We did say that they were too short at United last weekend, and they obviously lost that game late on, on 2-1. St Mirren, obviously, as well. Top six, they're getting a nosebleed up there, St Mirren. But great to see them in the top six for the first time in over 30 years, I think it is. So, as you say, lots and lots to play for and really excited about the next seven games. Yeah, and Stuart, we were talking before we started recording there about teams that have kind of rolled the dice this season and, and changed managers. Motherwell being one who it's worked particularly well for and obviously Barry Robson at Aberdeen there away to Ross County on Friday night. 11-10 to 10 to win away from home, which, based on current form, you couldn't really argue with, but that away form that we've seen from Aberdeen earlier in the season... It's still hard to get involved at that price, isn't it? It is, yeah, because as we were saying, although on paper five wins in a row, you'd like to get involved, but when was the last time Aberdeen won six in a row? You know, was it when Alex Ferguson was there, probably? Um, <laughs> you know, do you know what? I actually checked this. It was under Derek McInnes. 
Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't that long ago, to be fair. I think I'm not sure if that was in the league. I think that might have took in a, a European qualifier or, or two. Um, but yeah, I had a wee look myself because I thought that that feels like a non-Aberdeen thing I've done pretty recently. But uh, I was mm-hmm. quite surprised. I think it was maybe like 2019 or something like that that they managed it. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah, I mean, I, I just I can't get involved, uh, even though they're in great form and Barry Robson's clearly worked the Oracle. For them, you know, boards get criticised for for pressing the panic button, but I think in in that regard, they've, they've definitely been proven right there. Um, I think the way I would would try and play it is perhaps a bet builder with Aberdeen double chance just to build something, build that safety net in. Um, add in something like five corners. I think that plays even money with Skybet um, because you'd like to think Aberdeen will still have plenty of the ball. Um, uh, you know, and rack up a few corners, which they, they tend to do um, going back through their previous games on the road. So that's that's the, the angle I would have Aberdeen double chance in, in five corners at even money. Yeah, Greg, the one thing that does give me some hope on that 11 to 10 is that Malcolm McKay is making noises that he might only be able to field a six aside team uh, in Friday night. I think Eamon Brophy's out, he joins Alexa Ross Callahan and Ben Payton, uh, who are also sidelined. Um, I don't know if he's getting his excuses in early, is he? Absolutely. <laughs> That's exactly what he's doing. Um, he, he knows what he's doing. Playing mind games already. Massive win for them last week yeah. in Perth. But to be honest with you, everyone, every team wins in Perth now. So not a, mass, a massive three points for them. I, I think we said two months ago that by the middle of April almost, Aberdeen would be three points clear or two points clear in, in third place. The likelihood would be taken away by men in white coats. Yeah, do you know what? I, I, I actually have that note for the, the Edinburgh Derby, which we'll come on to next. Uh, when Hearts beat St Johnson on the 4th of March, they're seven points clear of Aberdeen with a game in hand. Now, yeah, a month, a month it's later. It's a remarkable turnaround. Robbie Nielsen is gone and they, are, they find themselves behind Aberdeen. So that uh, tells you about the collapse of Hearts, but also about how well Barry Robson's done it. Yeah, even though they've done so well, you'd still expect Hearts to be ahead by this point. Mm. But as I said, it's a really tough game against Ross County at home. There'll be tails up after last weekend's win. I think it'll be a close game. I'm I'm with Stuart on this. I still can't quite trust Aberdeen away from home, albeit they have won the last two games and they are on a run of five consecutive wins. I think Aberdeen have seen over 2.5 goals now in 12 of their last 13 away matches. And this fixture in Dingwall usually produces some goals. I think there's been at least three goals scored in seven of the last ten games. And just to add to that as well, I think Ross County have seen at least two goals scored in 14 of their 16 home games. So not going to side on the window win market, but I do think we'll see goals here. Aberdeen in a good goal-scoring form, and I'm taking the safety net of the Asian goal line. So I'm backing over two and two and a half match goals here at five to six which means half stakes back if there's two match goals. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Um, I can see myself still getting sucked into that 11-10, if I'm being honest, before <laughs> kick-off on Friday night. Uh, Aberdeen have also got uh, Rangers next weekend, so a win on Friday night takes them into that game off the back of six uh, wins in the bounce, and Pataudry will be, well, I was going to say it'll be rocking. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, well, it's a, it's a Sunday game at, at 4.30, usually some of these evening games when either Celtic or Rangers are up there, that's when Pataudry's at its best, but um, yeah, they want to be going into that game off the back of another win, Greg. Definitely, and I think Hearts, they'll be, they'll be pretty disappointed they've sat Robbie Nielsen, I, I think they would have been quite Aberdeen, happy, 
yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I think they've been quite happy for Robbie Nielsen to go another couple of games, get the Hearts fans on their back, drop some more points. Obviously, Stephen Naismith's now in charge at Hearts until the end of the season, and they've got Edmund Derby to look forward to. So, But all they can do is focus on them, and if they want to finish third, then these are the sort of games they're going to have to win. Indeed. Okay, let's have a look at that in Derby. That's the live game on Saturday. It's a half 12 kickoff. Plenty been said, plenty been written about Hearts collapse. I think six defeats and seven find themselves fourth in the table. Even St Mirren are just a point behind them. Robbie Nielsen is gone. Uh, Stephen Naismith, as you say, is in charge. And interestingly, obviously coming out of the the Hearts squad is uh, comments today by uh, Stephen Naismith. I think it was today saying it would actually be easier if Robert Snodgrass wasn't around, which I thought was quite a remarkable comment. Um, but he certainly looks as if he's on the way out as well, Greg. Yeah, not sure what's going on, but obviously the stuff's happening in the, in the background at Hearts. I don't think he's been the best of signings, to be fair. Snowgrass, he'll be on a, on a massive wage. Does love a booking, though. Disappointed to see him leave <laughs> before the end of the season. And Stephen Naismith's not mucking about, is he? Doesn't want anyone that's going to affect um, what goes on in the background. So, Yeah, I mean, it would be a complete disaster if they didn't. Obviously, they didn't finish third, but finishing not finishing fourth uh, can't even be contemplated, Stuart. No, um, as Greg said, I, I don't really know what's going on in the background there at Hearts because the vibes are coming out that the dressing room um, has got problems in it. Whether that's because of you know dodgy recruitment, um, certainly when you look down their squad list at the moment, it seems they seem to have a massive squad, um, and that's always the way in football when things are going well, you never hear of any problems, and then the minute. Yeah. Start to have a few bad results, you know, everything starts to go wrong um, with the dressing room murmurs, and that's what's happened in the last four or five games. It's the speed at which, you know, things have turned against Robbie Nielsen there that surprised me. I know yeah. the fan base have always never really taken to him, but I didn't. I did think the board would stick with him a little bit longer, but. But there you go. Um, it may be another club that pressing the panic button it works for. Um, I, I, for the life of me, though, I, I think it's 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 too quick what they've done. Um, in terms of playing this game, though, I find it very difficult to, to do anything bar goals. When you look at the stats, Hearts have conceded over two goals, or sorry, two or more goals in the last five games, so they, they clearly can't defend. Um, Hibs have conceded 12 in their last four games, so you've got a picture here of two, two teams that are really chaotic at the back. Um, so I'll be doing it over two and a half goals and then throwing in nine corners um, in the bet builder. That actually pays six to four, which I think is more than, more than attractive a price um, because, as I say, neither team can really defend. So Yeah. In terms of the outcome, Greg, I just don't know how to call this one at all. No, I don't think you can. I think the dynamics have completely changed now with Robbie Nielsen leaving. I think had he still been there, and let's not forget, Hibs lost United last weekend. So neither side coming into this in any great deal of form. Obviously, Hearts in an awful run. Hibs, again, opportunity to kind of cement top six and they've made a bit of a cow's arse of that. So 13 to 10 for Hibs, 9 to 4 for Hearts. It's toss a coin stuff, really. It, it, it really is. And I'm probably, agree with Stuart here, that goals is probably the best angle. I wouldn't be looking to pick a winner out of this match. We've got uh, John Beaton on the whistle, if that's of any interest to you. Well, Stephen Naismith, as a player, 
was let's say highly competitive industrial at times had plenty to say for himself to the referee <laughs> yes. so uh, I wouldn't imagine anything less from his team on, on Saturday could very well be cars in this match but the line's set pretty high I think over 5.6 yeah. over 5.5 cars sorry yeah that's pretty high um, yeah I'm not even going to attempt to make a case for Hibs. I think it's, you have to go back to 2018 for the last win against Harps at Easter Road. Uh, I think they're nine without a win in the derby as well. It would be just typical of Hibs to win, probably. It, it would uh, be. It very much would be typical. But yeah, I think we'll just leave that alone. And, uh, you know, we've got Stuart's tip there, which is uh, over two and a half goals and is it nine corners? Nine, ten cor- nine corners? Nine number of corners. It's 64. Okay, we'll recap that towards the end of the podcast um, Livingston v St Johnston how much do we want to talk about this one Greg? Do you know what I've not actually written anything down for this match <laughs> I, I think I've missed it out subconsciously in the fact that Livingston as we've highlighted over a number of weeks now are in a really dire run but definitely the knives have been sharpening for Callum Davidson mm-hmm. at the start of the week the home form this season has been an absolute disgrace three wins from 15 home games only five wins last season, and I think it reads something like eight wins in 34 home games. So you can understand why St Johnston fans are getting very, very restless with Callum yeah. Davison. I would say that 80% of fans now would like to see him leave. He's not going to leave. He's not going to be sacked. So I'm not going to get too upset and worry myself about it because he's still going to be there next season, in my view anyway. But on the road, third best away record in the league still, which is remarkable. Um, five to two. I wouldn't be surprised to see us go to Livingston and pick up at least a point, and that will just keep Callum Davison just ticking over nicely. Yeah, um, yeah, Livingston are going through that sticky run. Every team in this league, bar Celtic, will go through a sticky run, and Rangers, I guess. Uh, Livingston very much so on that run. I think one one in seven now for them. Battered last week uh, at Motherwell. Um, they'll be low in confidence. And again, it's not a match to be betting on. Livingston have to win this. And St. Johnson really want to, um, I guess, punch off any relegation fears. And I think you're kind of comment at the start of the podcast about how many teams are involved in a relegation battle. You'd have to say that St. Johnson are very points between them and United. I think had it been 10 points, absolutely fine. But seven points plus the fact they're going to have to play these sides in the bottom six. Um, very much in the mix for relegation but in terms of betting for this match um, no bet Yeah, One of my few notes for this game Greg is that the good news for St Johnson is that most of the teams below them look unlikely to win this this weekend uh, you've got Kilmarnock who host Celtic, you've got Aberdeen making a trip to Ross County um, and you've got who else is in there, Dundee United away to Motherwell so that might be the saving grace for St Johnson this weekend Yeah, there's Best of a bad bunch, possibly. Yeah. Any angle for you in this one, Stuart? <laughs> no, I just had a question mark beside it. So I laughed there when you said about how little we wanted to talk about it because we probably talked about it far too much, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Two, of most, two of the most unattractive teams. So I, sorry to say that to Greg, but they're two of the most unattractive teams to talk about, aren't they? Um, yeah. But Livingston's need is maybe greater than St Johnson's. Is that inaccurate to say? Well, I, th- I think Callum Davis needs a win because this is a really poor run we're on. But to be fair, like you say, if Livingston want to finish top six, and Livy looked an absolute shoo-in for top six. They did. Maybe six yeah. weeks mm-hmm. ago. It'd be unthinkable yeah. for them to miss out. And I think they will miss out. Okay. One team who might 
just uh, edge their way in, but they need a huge slice of fortune over the next couple of weeks as Motherwell they host and United have probably left their run just a wee bit too late, Stuart. Yeah, I, Motherwell, a shades of odd, shade of odds on is is not something I could get involved in. I mean, this is one of these times of the season where you get teams with that much greater need, um, okay. you know, playing playing teams who perhaps are in that no man's land that Greg referred to earlier. Um, you know, Dundee United were, were obviously OK last week winning. Um, I just can't get involved, like I said, Motherwell at odds on. Um, despite the fact they've had this upswing in form under Kettlewell, it, it screams to me that this is a type of game that they will trip up and Dundee United go there with that little bit of momentum with the result last week. Um, their need is so great. Is Motherwell's? Arguably no. Um, and I would be I'd be looking to be against Motherwell, I think. At, at, you know, the 10 to 11 just as a price I would be wanting to steer well clear of. Yeah, and Greg, Dundee United just over 3 to 1 is probably, I don't know if that's fair, it kind of feels a wee bit short considering the form that Motherwell's been on and certainly uh, Kevin Van Veen. Well, yeah, Kevin Van Veen, 4 to 1, first team goal scorer last weekend. I think he's 16 to 5 this weekend, 6 to 5 anytime. But I completely agree with Stuart here. Not a bet for backing in terms of winning this match. Motherwell, too short, as Stuart said. Be looking for a bit more than 16 to 5 for United. Very interestingly, though, over 3.5 cards is 8 to 11. Now, for me, any match in the Premiership we were getting over 3.5 cards at around 4 to 5 or above is, is worth backing. Um, Jim Goodman, obviously, in charge at United, battling for their lives, essentially. I would not be surprised to see cards in this match. And I think the, third, the 8 to 11 or over 3.5 is a good shout. Yeah, it's not the worst shout. Um, I do admire Jim's good, Jim Goodwin's optimism. He's partly quoted as saying that uh, the seven games that have got remaining are all winnable. Um, which is certainly the spirit he's going to need it in the United. Well, to be fair, on. he's not. It's probably correct because I think other than playing Celtic and Rangers, you've got a chance of beating anyone in, in the league, and, and that's not because the league's great. It's just the teams are, in this season have been pretty poor. So when we get into the bottom six games, by all means, Dungeon United have got a chance in all five matches in the bottom six. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, no bet in that one for us, uh, which leaves us Rangers v St Mirren on Saturday, obviously. Um, Stuart, Stuart I was going to call him Ian Beal, actually. Let's call him Michael Beal, <laughs> his real name. Um, Michael Beal has to try and pick out, uh, well, he has tried to pick out some of the positives from defeat at Celtic Park last weekend. I guess, as you say, Greg, you know, there's not much else for them left to play for in the league, but it's certainly got this Scottish Cup semi final uh, looming large on the horizon at the end of the month. They do, and you'd expect them to get back to winning ways pretty comfortably. I don't think St Mirren have got a, a great record at Ibrox. They're 14-1, to 1-5 one to five for Rangers. Pretty safe banker material. What I would say as a banker is Rangers to get seven corners at 1-2. to two. Uh, I think it's a market we've backed quite a lot now over the last three or four months. Rangers games, more often than not, hitting at least 10 to 11 corners and Rangers delivering at least seven or eight corners per game. So I do think I'm looking for a, a one to two banker in terms of doubling up with something. I think seven Rangers corners is your is your shout. Are we doing one to two tips now? No, no, it's part of a double. <laughs> it's part of a double. <laughs> All right, I'll come back to that. Uh, anything from you, Stuart, on this one? Uh, I've kind of struggled to find value in these kind of games over the season. Yeah, as I mean, even St Mirren to get you know three corners, four to six, terribly short. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, ter- it's, it's tough to get. Um, 
as Greg says, seven corners, Rangers, you would think they would get, but one to two is not, not the kind of price for me to be in, unfortunately. Yeah, I just wonder if uh, Devil will be having a, a dabble at 14-1, Greg, off the back of Rangers last week. Uh, I wonder if Bale will make any changes. And obviously St Mirren going there in good form and trying to chase down this, uh, or tie up this top six finish. I like to think Div's a sensible man, and <laughs> I like to think he'll be keeping his £5 in his pocket for this match. Yeah, we'll see. We might, we might, hear, diff- <laughs> might hear differently uh, on the WhatsApp group before uh, Saturday at 3pm. Uh, OK, we've got Kilmarnock v Celtic on Sunday. Celtic pretty much wrapped up the title. Yeah, again, not at their best last weekend, I would say, um, but should be fairly comfortable at Kilmarnock. I think probably likely to rest a few players based on some players that maybe missed out in the last couple of weeks aren't going to be risked on the, the pitch at Kilmarnock, uh, but should still win pretty comfortably. They've won their last five meetings by an aggregate of 15-0 down there, Stuart. Or not down there, I think, across the, the board against Kilmarnock. Yeah, um, the, the angle I actually like in this is Kilmarnock corners, just for a couple of reasons. One is obviously Kilmarnock's home form is what's keeping their heads marginally above water at the moment. Secondly, um, you know, this is the kind of game where, like you say, Celtic could be resting a few players. Um, the intensity might go out of it as well later on, should they go a couple up. Um, you know, Kilmarnock only to get three corners at 10 to 11 does seem a very, very favourable price. Um, given that there's those two things that can go in your favour, so I, I, I've never wanted to back Kilmarnock to do anything in my life. But, um, <laughs> if if I was forced, then I think that's a big a big price. Even you know four corners two to one when you're at home. Yeah, I know. You're a man Stuart. I totally agree. I think Celtic don't concede many corners, which is the unfortunate thing because they have so much of the ball. Teams don't tend to wander past a halfway line against Celtic. But if they're resting players, and as we said, once they came back from the international break, they weren't firing in all cylinders against Ross County. They obviously got the job done against Rangers. So I'm not expecting Celtic to walk this match. I think Kamarik will make it difficult. Again, I think cards in this match. Over 3.5 cards is 4-6. to six. So a potential double there with the, the Motherwell match. Just on the Motherwell game as well, sorry, I forgot to mention, both sides to get two cards each is 6-4, to four, which I think has always got a great chance in these sort of matches, especially in the Premiership. So just another angle to consider there. But yeah, 10-11 to 11 for three commanding corners, not the worst of shouts. Yeah, um, and the cards angle there, Greg, at Rugby Park, David Dickinson. Uh, who is obviously the real deal. Um, he is uh, averaging 4.92 cards per game, so a pretty high average for him. Um, what did you say you fancied over three and a half cards at that one? Yeah, over three and a half cards, four to six. I think yeah. Kilmarnock will rack up a couple, and Celtic wouldn't like to rack up one or two as well. Yeah, although they've got the, the lowest card count uh, of all the teams in the league. Um, OK, anything else in the Premiership before we move on to the Championship? No, nothing for me. No. Take that as a note, OK. Uh, into the Championship then, we've got Friday night, we've got Queen's Park v Hamilton. Uh, I guess all these games now fall in the must-win category for Queen's Park, Greg, after kind of relinquishing top spot to Dundee. Yeah, they really have collapsed, haven't they? Can't be losing three consecutive games at this stage of the season. For me, Queen's Park have totally blown it. Dundee are in pole position, equivalent of four points clear. And Queen's Park face a very difficult, tricky match on Friday night. I wouldn't be surprised to see them slip up again here. I really wouldn't. 
uh, I would not be back in Queen's Park at 8-11, given Hamilton's um, relegation challenges. Plus, Hamilton um, have been a bit of a sticky team over the last three or four weeks, picking up results, hard to beat. And 8-15 is a bit short for me. Yeah, I was going to say that. I think you'd said 8-11. I've got Queen's Park down at 8-15. We bet 3-6-5. It just looks too short based on the fact that they've not even scored a goal in the last three games, Stuart. Yep, taking words out of my mouth. If there's a worst um, eight to fifteen shot in in the country this um, <laughs> this this week, you'll struggle to find it. I mean, Queen's Park, the bottom has fallen out of them. Some might say it's been long overdue, but mm. Hamilton are fighting for everything at the moment. Um, and okay, they're second bottom, and the table doesn't lie and all that. But you know, there's no way Queen's Park should be the price they are. Um, and you know, steer well clear of that. They might well, you know, they might well go and do it, but no, absolutely no way. And from Hamilton's point of view, as you say, they're scrapping for everything. Um, not done too badly. It must be both them and our both must be very thankful for the collapse of uh, Cove. But I noticed that another cracker of a, a last day fixture is our both v Hamilton, um, who may well uh, may well decide who goes into that relegation place at the bottom of the table. Yeah, I mean, the growth of everyone's been waiting for a growth to come good this season, and in the last month or so, they have started to pick up results. So I think they'll be all right. Um, certainly, the teams I've seen this season, Cove, have been by far and away the worst. So I think they will go down. Um, I'd expected Hamilton to beat them last week, so I was surprised to see them only uh, pick up a point at home. But I think Hamilton will have enough, certainly, to finish ninth. Um, and I would fancy, I would, I actually do fancy them to go and get something at Queens Park because. You know, John Rankin has um, has done well by and large with a very very young squad there. Um, I do like him as a manager, but I, I hope from his point of view he gets the chance to to sort of keep them up and rebuild uh, mm-hmm. next season. Yeah, double chance there, Stuart five to four Hamilton. Yeah, a lot worse bets than that. Yeah, uh, you touched on our growth there away to Wraith Rovers, and again another team scrapping for survival um, against Wraith Rovers this season. Kind of seems to be fizzling out, Stuart. Yep, exactly. It falls into that category of one team with everything to play for against another team whose season is, you know, fizzling out. Like you say, Wraith have lost the last three. Um, they lost in the, the Trust Trophy or whatever it's called now, uh, final against Hamilton. So their their season is just, you know, fizzling out. And um, yeah, I, I certainly would be would leaning towards. I mean, we're both what ninety four. I'm looking at in my screen here. That seems a an inordinately big price. Um, so twelve to five available as well. Yeah, so I mean, you know, double chance there as well as an option. So yeah, these are the kind of games that you have to target at this time of the season because our growth are going there with, as I say, everything to play for, Wraith, not so much. Just on that note, I think I highlighted Arbroath when they travelled to play Queen's Park a few weeks ago. And when you look at Arbroath's away form, it's actually incredible for a team sitting third bottom and fighting relegation. Let me just read out Arbroath's away form in recent weeks. Okay, they lost Inverness last weekend, but Inverness are actually probably one of the league's form sides at the moment. In fact, they yeah, are the league's yeah, form yeah, sides. Yeah, yeah. Prior to that, though, Arbroath had drawn away to Wraith Rovers. They'd beaten Dundee away from home 4-2. They got a 2-2 draw at air. They beat Morton at that point, who were doing very well, 2-1. They got a draw with Cove, a draw with Hamilton, beat Queen's Park. So that was their first defeat away from home in seven. So I think the 12-5 to on Arbroath looks very attractive. Wraith Rovers playing midweek against Dundee, lost that match 3-1. I might be very tempted to get involved in Arbroath here. 
yeah, seems like a very good price. The um, double chance, not as attractive. It's three to five uh, if you fancy a broth or the draw. Um, but certainly that twelve to five might find its way on a wee, a wee, a wee treble or something like that for me this weekend. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, you mentioned Inverness, Greg. Certainly the forum team of the season. They travel to Cove, who look gone. They look f- done and dusted. Um, so yeah, I think Inverness were much bigger price earlier in the week. Um, I'm just looking to see what price they are now. If they've been back to twenty with five, so they've come in from what eleven to ten, yeah, evens possibly. Still a very decent price, I think, given Cove are in a really bad shape. Yeah, you'd still fancy it um, to score over one and a half goals at five to six as well, Stuart. This one on your shortlist. Yeah, I've got Inverness. I mean, like I said, Cove surprised me last week going to Hamilton and getting a point. But mm-hmm. prior to that, they had lost six in a row, uh, conceding two, two, one, six, three, and five. Um, and I, I, they came to Somerset about a fortnight ago, and they were an absolute disgrace. Uh, you know, I mean, Ayers' form at Somerset has not been good, and they brushed them aside that night. Uh, the, the body language of the players was terrible. Uh, clearly, they had down tools that night. Whether or not that's been, well, judging by the results, it's been an ongoing problem under Paul Hartley since he came in. Um, so I'd be very surprised if they stayed up. If, uh, the, the night they played us, of their back five, four of them, not that recently, were playing in the Premier League. You know, they've, they've got guys like Mark Reynolds, Shea Logan. Um, you know, they've got real experience there. So there's clearly some kind of problem um, behind the scenes where they're just not performing for the, the new manager or whatever it is. Um, but they were pedestrian. Like I said, the body language was terrible. Um, they're a team going one way, Inverness are going the other. So if you can get anything close to, to even money, I would certainly be, be jumping aboard that. Yeah, and as you say, Greg, it's not just a, a bet against Cove here in this one who do look as if they're gone for the season, but Inverness are the forum team in, in the league and still chasing down a playoff place as well. Oh, very much so, and obviously in a, a direct battle with Stewart's team, lots of points still to play for, and this will this go a massive way for them to put the pressure on on air, especially given the fact that Ayr are away to, you'd have to see an informed thistle. Yeah, um, just finishing up on that Inverness price, they were 11 to 10. As we're recording it, they're 17 to 20. I'd imagine they may even be shorter by the time 3 pm comes around on Saturday. Absolutely, they'll be probably 4 to 7 come kick off on Saturday. Yeah, so get on that one early. Uh, before we get to Fur Hill, where it's this will be early night, let's have a quick look at Dundee v Morton, Greg. Dundee. I've, I've kind of like, likened it on Grand National Weekend to a jockey who's just timed his run perfectly. You know, they've just hit, hit the front now. They've only got less than a handful of games to go and it's their title to lose, as you say. Oh, it really is. That was a massive win for them against Wraith Rovers midweek. Uh, again, scoring goals. Morton are a stuffy side to play against, but at home, you have to fully expect Dundee to get three points here. They want to go up as champions. These are the sort of games they have to be winning. And again, I'm fully expecting Dundee to pick up an R3 points. And obviously, depending on how Queen's Park, if you have what it goes on Friday night, yeah. there's every chance Dundee could see their lead extend this weekend. Yeah. Yep. And uh, Stuart, Dundee do not want to take this to the final day of the season when they play Queen's Park. No, I think the momentum now is fully with them. Um, you know, they've got goals all over the pitch. You know, their bench is so strong. 
Um, they're, ju- they're just coming good. They will win the league. Um, my, my bet in this game, Dundee, uh, minus a goal at, at 74. I just think they're, they're far too strong. Yeah, I don't think that's the worst shout at all. Uh, OK, let's get to Partick Thistle v Air United. Um, <laughs> in my notes, Stuart, I've got that the big winners in this match could actually be Inverness. Yeah, um, listen, I hope, my, I hope my gut on this is wrong, but having seen uh, Thistle on the telly last weekend um, and just going by the results, I mean, they are the form team, not only in, in the Championship, but one of the form teams in Scotland since Chris Dolan went in there. Um, they've only lost once in the nine games he's been in charge and incredibly they've only conceded two goals in that entire run so you know he, he that's another club which rightly or wrongly at the time pressed the panic button got rid of Ian McCall he's completely turned them around Chris Dolan they're right back you know in the hunt for a playoff place uh, and they're going to face a very very difficult afternoon um, up there on Saturday um, you know Ayers form as we were speaking about off, off, um, off Mike, has been very patchy in the last couple of months. Um, you know, the, the run since Christmas has, has seen us drop from the top of the table down to fourth. We're clinging on now by our fingernails. Uh, the fan base is, is sort of um, up in arms about the form, uh, again, rightly or wrongly. Um, it is going to be a very difficult afternoon. Uh, my gut is saying Partick Thistle win this. There's, there's Various ways to play it. I mean, you could back Partick to score twice um, to try and cover yourself in the event of a thrilling draw. Um, like I say, I, I would be backing Partick just on the pure pure form line alone. Lee Bullen said this week that the form book counts for nothing in the championship, which I suppose is um, right to a degree when you look at how the how the league's gone this season. But I think Partick, are, you know, their form is just so, so good at the moment. It's very hard to oppose them. Yeah, and you're of a similar opinion, Greg. Yeah, a couple of angles for me in this match. I know Stuart said that, obviously, Thistle haven't conceded many goals at all since Dillon's come in, but Stuart's point now is that either still a goal threat. There's a star man, Akinjemi, who... Are we still expecting him in Somerset Park next season, Stuart? I'd be, I'd be, I'd be astonished if he was at Somerset <laughs> <laughs> you take the words out of my mouth. <laughs> I just think in this match, it's... it's Again, it's a kind of perfect storm here. Air have to get something from this game if they want to finish in the top in terms of the uh, playoff spots. Part of this, I'm fully expecting this to score a couple of goals here. But every chance Air, given their needs for this game, will grab a consolation goal. So I think there's two angles for me here. Over 2.5 match goals at 17 to 20. And part of this, we deliver that on them on their own. And also, I'm fully behind um, the, the part of this whole home win here at 21 to 20. That might make a nice little bet builder combined there as well, Greg. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I think these are two really strong bets um, this weekend from Furhill. I don't hold much hope for air at Furhill, but I do think they're very capable of grabbing at least one goal. OK. Stuart, just before we wrap up on the Championship, who are your final three for the playoff places? Oh, is that with my heart or my head? Always the head, mate. Always the head in the podcast. <laughs> um, oh, I would say Partick, um, Inverness, uh, and Queen's Park. Oh, that must be painful for you to say. It is. It is. I mean, I hope I'm wrong, um, but we, the air's form is just dipping at just the wrong time. Mm, just running out of steam a wee bit. 
it's, it's, it's all about momentum at these stages. And, yeah. and Inverness have got it. They're coming like a train. And we, like you said before, we go up there on the final night. So. Yeah, could be a tricky one. Okay, let's have a quick look into League One, where Dunfermline are nine points clear. I think they can actually tie up promotion uh, this weekend, uh, depending on how Falkirk do at uh, uh, home to Airdrie. Dunfermline at home to Queen of the South on Saturday, Greg? No chance. No chance <laughs> for me. 8-13, probably not the worst of prices, given where Dunfermline are. But I think they're that far ahead now. Queen of the South one of the league's form sides over the last maybe three or four weeks. Um, there's very much a, a playoff place for grabs for Queen of the South. They'll battle it out with Aloe, in my opinion, for that last tops, um, that playoff spot. And I would not be backing their Fairman at home this weekend at that price. Okay, too short for you, Stuart? Yeah, absolutely. Then Fairman are really home and hosed, aren't they? So um, Queen's are one of the form sides in the league, so no, I think that's that the prices are the prices are, are baked in given Dunfermline's place in the league. But no, I think Queen of the South four to one is too big. Yeah. Um one team who I think Falkirk have actually got a better home record than uh Dunfermline uh, at their own ground. But they host Airdrie uh, on Saturday Airdrie Five wins in a row, twenty two goals scored, two conceded uh unlikely that they'll chase down Falkirk, but they are only five points behind, and a win at the weekend takes them to within two points, Stuart. Yeah, um, I really like Airdrie here, I have to say. Um, I think they're just far too big a price in the outright. I suppose you could you could play double chance to try and cover yourself, but Falkirk, um, it, it was the sore point of their season going there in the Scottish Cup and losing. Falkirk have been really patchy since that night, whether they've got one eye on the, on the, um, the semi-final, I don't know. Um, but you know, Airdrie, why are Airdrie such a big price? Don't know. Someone, someone help me out here. There's only five points between them. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, given the form that Airdrie are in, you know, it just feels like uh, yeah, definitely worth a second look. That's, yeah, that's how I would. I, I'm certainly with Airdrie. I think that by all accounts, they, they play some really, really good football. Um, and they can they back it up with the stats. Did you say twenty two goals in the last five games? I mean that's yeah. that's that's no fluke. You know they're they are clearly clicking at just the right time. Okay, so I've got Airdrie at twelve to five. <laughs> um, who's my other one? I both at twelve to five. I'm just looking for another twelve to five shot off of you guys before we wrap up for a nice wee. Uh, away well, I can treble. give you a seventy five shot. So Aloha travelled to Kelty Hearts. Aloha currently occupying the final playoff spot in League One. Kelty Hearts now just one win in 11 now for them. Nothing to play for. They are, again, another side in the league. There's not many sides, to be fair, within the league's got nothing to play for. But Kelty Hearts are one of those sides that are a mile ahead of Peterhead and Clyde. Yeah. But way behind in terms of any sort of push towards the playoffs. They, the, the last three games have finished 0-0. But Three, two of those games are away at Dunfermline and Falkirk, so pretty credible draws um, in those matches. But they'll be disappointed with last weekend's nil-nil draw at home to Clyde, and they failed to beat Clyde, Peterhead, and Montrose in their last seven games, so they're now winless in seven. So, and not in any way, shape, or form coming into this in great shape for me. Aloha, I f- feel a bit sorry for them. They've kind of run into two of the league's better sides in terms of form. They obviously travelled to play a rampant 
Airdrie side lost that game narrowly and they were up against Queen of the South last weekend. So I think they can be forgiven for those last two results. And I think for me, they're too big at 75 to to get the win here. They're now into five to four. Yeah, Aloha. I see that. Yeah. And as Stuart said, it's all about momentum for me. I just think Aloha have to win this match. Kelty Hearts, nothing to play for really. And I think 75 is too big. Yeah, I think it's a, a fairly decent shout. Um, Stuart, I, I guess Kelty probably had loftier ambitions uh, at the start of the season, but they're probably not going to be too disappointed the way things have panned out to you know, consolidate their position in League One. Yes, and it's been a very difficult league, league one this season when you look at the kind of size of the clubs that are that are in it. Um, mm. They'll be hoping that, you know, the likes of Falkirk go up with Dunfermline um, and maybe get a better run at it next season. Yeah, and as you say, Greg Kelty kind of in a bit of, bit of no man's land, so I think that price on our, you know, 75 was was very attractive, but still 54 looks looks not too bad at all. Um, I'm just going to add them to my treble here. Uh, 25 to 1 for the treble, it's not bad. There you go. Might have a wee bit of that. Uh, okay, anything else in League One? No, nothing else for me in League One. Uh, I think the Clyde Edinburgh games best left alone, and obviously Montrose far too short at three to ten. Yeah. At home to Peterhead. Okay, we've got your uh, Airdrie away at Falkirk, Stuart. Yeah, that's just just for me. Okay, let's have a quick look at uh, League Two and a bit like my analogy on um, Dundee in terms of the, the jockey just hitting, for, uh, hitting the front at the right time. Still, and Albion have certainly done that in some style, partly due to the fact that Dumbarton have absolutely collapsed as well in League Two. A, a complete collapse. They had an opportunity, I think, to go above Sterling Albion or at least go on level points with them maybe three or four games ago, but now find themselves nine points behind. Uh, Stirling Albion have a far superior goal difference so I think we can at this point congratulate Stirling Albion in their promotion back into League 1 but in terms of this weekend's games in League 2 quite a few things to point out I, I think Bonnie Regros do not oppose do not back against <laughs> do not back do not just leave this match alone <laughs> uh, Dumbarton at 5-4 to four. I would not be touching Dumbarton in this match yeah. at 5-4 to four. Yeah. I think Bonnie Rigg in very good form at the moment. Very difficult to beat. Very tight games. Not many goals in their matches. So I would I'd expect a low scoring 0-0 or 1-0 win for someone here in this match. Incidentally, over 2.5 goals is a lot even money. So under 2.5 goals is 4-5. And that probably looks like the better shout. Although I couldn't take myself to back unders at this moment in time. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Stuart, I was going to say that although Greg's uh, already congratulated Sterling Albion, they do still have some work to do just to, to tie up the title. Uh, quite intrigued to see them 21-20 to win this weekend against the in-house viewer. Sterling are unbeaten since December the 3rd. Yeah, I mean, they've got nine, yeah, nine points clear. I mean, they should they should see it at home from there. The, the one game uh, in this league that actually intrigued me was Forfer. Um, I know that sounds quite obscure, um, away to Elgin. Elgin have uh, sacked their manager, um, Gavin Price, last week. <laughs> and then did the most tinpot of tinpot things by putting out a job advert on Twitter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. But uh, And then the other night, they, they looked as if they were going to get home and host against Dennis Muir, and then they conceded in the last uh, in the last kick of the ball. So uh, I think Forfer are a big price. They're 29-20 um, to go there and win. So uh, clearly it's not a very happy happy camp at Elgin at the moment. Um, 
I must guys. admit, just on that note, obviously, I, I know Gavin and Jim, Jim Weir at Elgin, and yeah. I'm very surprised to see him that happen. Even though Elgin have been on a really poor run, Gavin's been at Elgin now for the best part of four or five seasons now. Yeah. And it's probably the first time they've had a really, really poor run. But I think they've obviously fearful the fact that they are sitting, what, just two Big points, yeah. point off, off bottom. They are obviously a point from safety. And you don't want to be playing any of the lone league sides in the, in the playoffs. So I get it to one to one extent, but also very surprised because obviously Gav's been there for quite a few seasons and done a pretty decent job. Yeah, you would imagine he has the dressing room with him. Um, they they came down to air earlier in the season in the Scottish Cup and they were great that day. Um, very unlucky. They were a couple of minutes away from beating us. Um, so yeah, I, I, I would imagine he, he has the dressing room or he did have the dressing room with him. And Yeah, you wonder how they they'll react to that. And for, for a fourth, you know, they've got everything to play for on Saturday. So I, I just think it's quite a big prize. Yeah, obviously Elgin drawing one almost ten house muir um, midweek. Um kind of puts me off a little bit. I always hate backing against a team who've just sat the manager. Mm. Yeah. But in terms of other angles in League Two, um I do like the look of goals at Anne and V Albion Rovers. Anne in great form at the moment. And also potentially looking at East Fife at home to Stranraer potentially as well. So I'll have something from those two games shared in the channel. Okay. Okay, good stuff. Um, will we just have a wee recap of our bets for the weekend? Then, Greg, start with yourself. Yeah, so starting off on Friday night, uh, Ross County v Aberdeen in the 7.45pm kickoff, taking over two and two and a half Asian goals at five to six with bet 3.65. And moving into Saturday, I'm taking Party Thistle to beat Air United at 21 to 20. And I'm also taking over 2.5 match goals in this game at 17 to 20. And finally, from League One, I'm taking Alloa to beat Kelty Hearts at 75. And that's with Betfred. And I'm going to have a, a couple of additional bets from the, the Championship and the Premiership shared on the channel. Okay, Stuart. Yeah, in the Edinburgh Derby, I'm bet builder, over two and a half goals and uh, nine or more corners at six to four. Uh, and in the Championship, I'll have Inverness at 10 to 11, uh, Dundee minus a goal at seven to four. Uh, fingers crossed I'm wrong with this one, but Partick uh, <laughs> 21 to 20. Uh, and in League One, Airdrie at uh, 12 to five, I think we had. Yeah, 12 to 5 they are just now. Yeah. Okay, good stuff. Now don't forget you can follow Greg on Twitter at Browning84Greg and if you're not already a member of his Telegram channel then you can find all the details of how to sign up there. And if you want to follow Stuart on Twitter it's at VoiceAir, is that right Stuart? That's right, yep. Yep, um, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast Stuart and best of luck to Air United for the remainder of the season. Cheers guys. Uh, and that's us for this week's podcast thank you very much for listening we'll be back next weekend so best of luck with your bets this weekend cheers guys and good luck